opportunities. I've been with him for 10 years, and to see him get this opportunity at Oklahoma, which is an incredible uh, university, great tradition, man, nobody deserves it more. He's so well prepared. He's going to do an amazing job. He's got a good staff, and uh, it's been fun to kind of communicate with him as he's gotten going. So it's sad to see those guys go because you're not going to get to be with them every day, but it's, it's, it's fun too because you get a chance to give some other people the opportunity that deserve it. That wasn't Dabo, was it? I just too high. One high pitched enough. That's what I was about to say. He is way bummed about Brent Venables. That's the lowest I've heard his voice in ten but years. That was him. Yeah, it, no, it was him. Huh. It was him speaking. I thought he was going to say, um, "No one thinks they're going to win a game without Venables. <laughs> they don't have a chance." Um, that's crazy. That didn't sound anything like him. But no, um, good stuff. I, I'm just I'm reading this article right now about Venables uh, on ESPN, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and I think it is doing a better job of kind of grasping and explaining a little bit more about who he is and what what you're going to actually see and should expect from uh, from Oklahoma and. What should we see and expect, according to this article? Well, it, it's just, I haven't finished it, but it's just it's talking a little bit more about uh, there's a couple of player perspectives about like how what he does is different, and obviously the energy that he brings and and some of the recruiting stories already, and there's there's just some good stuff in there, and it is a bit of a of a. It's it's a piece that at least it hasn't talked about any of the questions that he has to answer yet. Like you know, most of them would. Like he doesn't have the experience at head coach, and you know, Oklahoma's going to the SEC and some of the challenges that are in front of the program. But um, I don't know if anyone but Oklahoma fans read an article about a guy that they've already read 100 articles about or if anyone else across the country is reading it. But um, I still think it's awesome that when everyone is talking about Oklahoma and how they're going to – how many games they might win or what they may accomplish this season, it's all about production they lost in the portal or production they gained in the portal. And I think that's awesome because – to me, that has zero to do or a very small amount to do with what's actually going to take place this right. year. Right. Well, and, and the thing, too, is people act like OU is the only team in college football that has to replace production. Everyone has to replace production. Yeah. It's college football, man. Georgia's got to replace way more production than Oklahoma has, right? Yet everyone's still picking them to roll on to the college football playoff. Even Alabama, man, and I know that they replace production. They've got to replace it. OU is the not the only team that has to replace production. They're going to be just fine. They'll be okay. But it's just a lazy take and a lazy narrative. Uh, we heard Bear from ESPN yesterday. He's supposed to be these, this analytical research guy on ESPN. Uh, I like the under uh, for OU on nine and a half wins, just too much to replace. Well, that, that that's it, uh, Mister Analytical Data. Know all this about college football? Do all the research, and that's all you got. Is they lose a lot? Well, Bear Georgia loses a lot, and I bet you're picking them to have a great year too. Yep, it's no. just annoying. 
It's it a is. fight that I cannot win, though. But uh, the victory laps during the season sure are going to be fun. You just have to sit back and enjoy it. And, you know, I just – I hope the team backs it up on the field. I do, too. And if they do, I think they will. But if they do, in that moment that you win a Big 12 championship – and in that moment that you clinch a college football playoff berth, dude, in the moment if it happens, if you win a college football playoff game, how sweet is that going to feel for OU fans? It always feels sweet when you win a game of that magnitude. But, yeah. you know, just when everyone told you that you were going to suck this year and take a massive step back and you accomplish that, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a really fun year. No, I agree. I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to start off uh, with a good road trip up to – uh, Beatrice, Nebraska. Well, someone says it's not pronounced like that on the text line. Uh, here, there's there's the text right there. See if you can get that one. Beatrice? Beatrice. 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 It's a Nebraska thing is what the text says. Someone also Beatrice. said to uh, stay in your car before Beatrice. <laughs> okay. All right. It's rough in Beatrice, I huh? guess so, man. I guess so. That sounds stupid. I'm sorry. I know that's how they say it there. I'm calling it Beatrice. Uh, I have no doubt about that. You know who Mad Dog Russo is? Yeah. Some people do. For those of you that don't, he is um, the the epitome of Northeast-sounding radio host. And he was a Northeast radio host, or he, at least he is. He was on WFAN in New York for a long, long time. So here's what I'm going to do, Teddy. This is a three-minute clip. That's way long for what we like to play. Um, He is a baseball and basketball guy, but he was on ESPN giving his top five programs in college football. Mm -hmm. Just tell me when to stop and tell me when you get too annoyed to continue. But here is a baseball and basketball guy trying to tell us who the top five teams are, top five programs in college football history. <laughs> you annoyed yet? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm annoyed, but I got to hear who the two and one are. Uh. Okay, just tell me who two and one are. Okay, yeah. Michigan's number two and Notre Dame's number one. Michigan? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the helmets! Oh, Michigan Stadium! They were great in the 20s! (laughs) By the way, he said Alabama was number three. I don't know if you caught this. Alabama's number three because they weren't as great in the 20s as Michigan and Notre Dame. I heard that. (laughs) So, wow. like I said, uh, he didn't know anything about college football. OU at five, USC at four, Bama at three, Michigan at two, and uh, Notre Dame at one. Um, I don't uh, – most storied – are we just saying, like, what does that even mean? Are we just saying, like, the best programs ever? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, 
I think because because of the run that they've had recently, Bama's got to be number one. Bama's number one. Uh, number two is hard. I I don't know all of the. So you were Ohio State, right? Yeah, I was going to say Ohio State, but I don't know like the exact number of wins and championships and all of that stuff. Uh, I'll give you Ohio State because they've won a championship more recently. And then I'll go OU. And then I'll go um, Notre Dame. And then I'll go USC. So it's not that much different, but um, I guess you could you – could, I think you have a – I think Alabama's the clear number one, and you have pretty much reason to shift those other four kind of however you see fit, right? Yeah, I think too much Too much when we have this uh, argument of who's the best storied program of all time, we factor way too much what happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even the 90s, and not what's happened in the past 20 years. Like it's okay. Years is a long. It's okay to yeah. have recency bias. Like you, you have to factor in who's been great in this previous twenty years. That's, right. I mean, that you have to factor that in. And I think, I think it's been, it's been harder to win a national championship in the last twenty years, uh, more than any other time period. You know, when when the BCS, whenever they finally pitted number one versus number two, you know, you could. You could go win a national championship and play just a one-off team in whatever bowl game. Now, you usually played someone really good, but it wasn't the true one versus two. Um, that made it more difficult. And now, clearly, the playoff, it's by far the most difficult that it's been. So, I think that you have to factor that quite a bit. I mean, at one point, a lot of these teams have the bulk of their national championships that were – Voted on and handed to them before they even played a bowl game. Uh, 1984 BYU, what, they got to play a 6-6 six and six Michigan team to win the yeah. national championship. I think that's that's right. Yeah. Someone out there on the text line can correct me if that's if that's wrong. But, yeah, yeah, that, de- yeah, that definitely happened. Uh, Mad Dog Chris, Chris Russo, I don't know if anyone caught it. He said, oh, all the great rivalries, Texas and Nebraska. And then he didn't even mention Oklahoma State, and he just moved Ooh, on. Ooh, yeah. Someone had to sting a little bit. Burn. That's tough. But the best part was, and I didn't even play all of it, the best part was saying that Alabama's not as good of a, or storied of a program as Notre Dame and Michigan because they weren't as good in the 20s. <laughs> yeah, 100 years ago there, Mad Dog. That's clearly what we care about here. I love that he has Michigan on the list and Ohio State's not on the list, and Michigan's beat them like two or three times in the last quarter century. Yeah. I, I wish you could have seen the video of it because David Pollock is in one corner and Ryan Clark's in the other. And like this just this defeated look, it's this defeated look of this is the worst top five I've ever heard in my life, also mixed in with why does this guy get to have an opinion on the most storied <laughs> programs in college football. Right. I don't think Ryan Clark looked at the camera for the uh, final two and a half minutes of that uh, video clip. Where did he go to college? He was at LSU, right, Ryan Clark? Right? Thank yeah. You. yeah, I think he was. Yeah. I I think um, Bama, Ohio State, OU, Notre Dame, and USC are the top five, and you can kind of put them in – pretty much any order, but I believe Bama's a strong number one. 
Bama's got to be number one for the run. The run. They have the greatest run in college football history currently yeah. ongoing right now. Ongoing, and in the, and in the no toughest time, yeah, and in the toughest time it's ever been to win a, win a championship. Right. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, does text line agree? Uh, that is correct about BYU. Sweet. UF, uh, UCF won a natty without even playing a conference huh. championship or playing a championship nice. game. Uh, Big Bad Wolf, top five, Bama, Ohio State, OU, Notre Dame, USC. Yep, that was your exact five. Yep, I think that's Michigan right. does have a lot of wins, but not in the top five. Yeah, we've talked about this before. There, and he just mentioned it. Like It's right up until like pre-World War II, Michigan was like, that was it, right? They were the best. Tie for number one, OU, Bama, Ohio State, number four, Michigan, number five, Notre Dame. It's in the 918. Yeah. I I think that we have to win another championship to be in a tie with Ohio State and Alabama. It's been too long. I will never forgive Teddy for cutting that off. I'm dying. <laughs> Laughing emoji. I'm sorry. I it was it was uh that was rough. That was a rough Mad lesson. Dog right on. Why not number five? Seems to be the usual spot. Sooners end up at season's end a few times. Whoa. Uh yeah. We've um I mean, like I said, he had OU at five. I'm not complaining about OU at five. Uh, I'm complaining about Michigan being in the top five. All you have to do is add, take Michigan out and throw Ohio State in. And like I said, I think you can pretty much move them all around in, in, in different orders. So glad you guys mentioned the Nebraska tickets. My brother and I were a little bummed we didn't get our request fulfilled. But since you mentioned it, we got our two tech tickets and have our hotel booked. Let's go! Nice. All right. And the good thing about buying up, well, I should say the bad thing about buying up these uh, Huskers.com tickets right now is um, I will be sitting in kind of that general area where you're buying tickets. The good news is it's going to be a bunch of OU fans in that area because it seems like everyone that's buying tickets right now, like yesterday and today, they're kind of all in that same area in one of those end zones. So you'll it's be kind of an OU crowd there. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, I wonder if Nebraska is uh, picking up on what's happening. I don't uh, think yet. so. Um, like we said, they go to bed at like 8 o'clock, so – you said there was a large Twitter thread last night of people buying up those tickets. Eh, I don't know they how large it. it was, but I saw that it was getting traction on Twitter. And people were, were definitely doing it. I mean, I'd, I'd rather listen to Mike Leach gripe about his tie than Mad Dog. <laughs> wouldn't we all? Uh, I don't know. Man. Those, that's, you play those two things on a on an endless loop together, that is, that's some torture right there. I mean, it's completely pointless. I'll tell you what I'm going to start doing with these ties. <clears throat> oh, gosh. It's just, we've heard a lot of phlegm from Mike Leach over the years. That's the most disgusting one. Uh, yeah. It tends to be getting worse uh, is what it looks like. Dang. That is uh, that's pretty. Y'all should rank mm. the top sixty nine college football programs of all time. I've got them. Let me just let you know, since that's like your joke now, what people do. People will be at a restaurant. This happened like two days ago, and I mean I laugh, but people will be at a restaurant and their bill is sixty nine dollars, and they'll take a picture of the receipt and they'll send it to me. Yeah. Poor Chris Lambacus, who was on the show yesterday, the <laughs> Wizard. Rattling off every single player's jersey number and what high school they are. 
I give out his Twitter handle, and people are like, hey, Chris, who was number 69 in 1969? <laughs> and, of course, he knows the answer, but it's like, dang. Uh, that is – that's great. It's a public service we've done here on this show, and hopefully you guys continue it because uh, – uh, it's what makes me happy coming in every day to do this thing. Um, this looks like a Facebook group message, and there's so much <laughs> wrong information on Facebook that I don't even know if I want to read this. I've not heard this. I feel like I would have seen this by now. Hmm. What is it? Someone is trying, like trying to say that instead of Georgia coming here to Norman. Yeah. They're going to play the kickoff classic in Atlanta. So the the message says, looks like Gary Stockton of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is working on getting Georgia and OU to play the kickoff classic in Atlanta in 2023. He was talking about it at SEC Media Day. Well, OU already has an opponent for week one next year, and that's when that kickoff classic is, week one. Yeah. I No, I don't – that's not going to happen. There's no well, no way. I guess no. There ain't no way that they're doing that. Why, I can't say no way. Why? Why would you do that? Like that makes no sense from OU side, unless it's like a massive payout. That's but the only could reason. Could you imagine how PO'd people, Teddy? It was an uproar that they moved the baseball series against Texas to Arlington. I know. You moved the Georgia game to Atlanta. No way. I hey. No way. I know. I know. I don't think it's gonna happen. I people would be beyond pissed if that happened. I don't care what they said the payday was, but I'm just telling you that money talks. Okay, I, money talks. I, I I'm I feel bad that we even read that because that's going to start a stupid rumor that I don't even think is out there. You're the one that read it. No, you, you technically read it. Mm. I'm I'm looking. I don't see anything about that from today. Uh, there's, I I can't say there's no way. I refuse to say there's no way because, m- like I said, money talks. Um, you know, guys are going to play in this live golf off of the PGA because of money. So, I can't say that it won't happen. But I can confirm that OU fans would be maybe. The angriest they've ever been over anything. Now, every time I pass by a Chick-fil-A, there's a line down the street, which means you'll get through the line in about four and a half minutes if you're 50 cars back. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion OU fans would boycott Chick-fil-A if uh, they, they moved this game to Atlanta. There's, you go from being able to, to host a great non-conference game and, you know, you've got your season tickets and, like, a lot of people bought them for what's about to come with the SEC and obviously a game like this. And they say, hey, guess what? Breaking news. This is big. We get to play in the uh, kickoff classic or nah, whatever it's called. I'm not buying Woo! it. I- I'm saying 0% chance that this happened. Like, look, that's – and, this, and the, the message says or the post says that Gary Stalkin – is it Stalkin of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is working on? I'm sure that he's working on it. I'm sure that he'd love to have OU and Georgia in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game next year. I don't think OU's going to go for that for a second. Now, they may play it in 2024, you know, because we're supposed to go to Georgia in 2024, right? 
is that the year? Um, why did I think that they're going to – I I feel like it's not back-to-back. I think it's spread out a little bit later than that. Is that right? I don't think you go to Georgia uh, – or maybe that was Tennessee. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I thought – well, I could – It was anyways. like the Tennessee series that was pretty spread out on your return trip to Knoxville. You're maybe right. Maybe you don't at, go to Georgia till later. Twenty four. You're at Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, you don't go to Georgia until way later. Twenty thirty one. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're all about you. The smile makers, the trailblazers, people doing what they do best, making things happen for those that... Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Wednesday. Uh, by the way, 2023 Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Louisville and Georgia Tech are slated to play in that game. Wow. Yeah, no wonder they're trying to But uh, it. It's, it looks like they try to play two in that uh, Labor Day weekend. They'll play one on Saturday there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they'll play another game on Monday. That's what they're doing this year. Georgia and Oregon is on Saturday, and they play another game on Monday. But, eh. yeah, Louisville and Georgia Tech, mm, might, I'm, I'm sure I'd be trying to find a better game as well. Yeah, um, not going to happen. I, I can't even imagine how pissed OU fans would be if that happened. I, if you took – if you took like a random – game and changed it to a great game people would love it if you took a great game that you're hosting and moved it into the other really good team's backyard instead of playing it in your stadium no way yeah and I know that the distance isn't exactly comparable but it's close enough it would be you know if we're supposed to play in Athens next year and Oklahoma City has a kickoff game, and they just say, oh, we'll just move the game there. All good. Yeah, Georgia fans would be really upset about it. Yeah, mm, not going to go down. But, hey, uh, I love the conspiracy theories. I love, uh, I love throwing some stuff out there and talking about it. No problem. What's the scuttlebutt on how the summer's going up there here recently with Schmitty? Everything you hear is good. Now, sometimes you just you, – when have you ever heard that it's going bad? You know, like, man, it's just – it's not going good. The guys, they thought they'd be further on than they are right now. There's – you just never really hear that. So, I guess – I guess I don't take much from it that – Everyone's saying that it's going great, but I do believe that I do believe that it's going well. From what I've heard, they're really challenging the guys, and they've done a pretty good job. They're keeping pace, doing doing well. Uh, some guys have made up a lot of ground. 
continue to hear uh, about some some different guys that have that have really impressed, but the scuttlebutt is all positive. I almost need to hear a little bit of negative to reinforce that I believe everything is going good. Well, I'll tell you this: at least we have photo evidence of of such thing. You know, it's because you know you said for a while that we just didn't see a whole lot of bodies change while they were on campus. You know, guys are here two, three years, and, you know, they've gotten bigger, but it's just not noticeably different as it should be if they're in the program two or three years. We've seen um, a lot of photos on social media circulating of guys that after one offseason look, you know, drastically different than what they did last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you're going to see – I think you're going to see some guys, and it's not just um, look different. I think there's just going to be a a different mentality, which is, to me, the most important thing. Obviously, you want guys to be bigger, faster, stronger, and you want it to look that way, and I think that's going to happen. But it, it really – the most important thing is does it translate to the football field, and I think it's going to specifically – on the offensive line. I, I think that's going to be the group that is going to lead the charge whenever you look at things and say, uh, my goodness, this team is playing differently, different attitude. My hope it's right there with the offensive line. Yeah, and when we talk about the offensive line, we go about it thinking, you know, we feel like this is what the starting five is going to look like. And, and, and that five that we throw out there, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. Then Brent Venable said something last week, and it was it stuck out to me, I guess. You know, we don't really talk about Tyler Guyton all that much, the TCU transfer, mm-hmm. when we talk about this offensive line. In fact, we really never mention him when talking about starters. He made a comment last week at Big 12 Media Day, like, you know, I love competition, competition is a great thing, all that. Like, you got a guy, Tyler Guyton, right now, who's pushing both of these tackles right now to try and be a starter. So that's I don't know if it's a surprise name, but it's a name that we haven't talked about that I guess is really pushing both those guys out there on the edge that he, you know, might be able to be a starter at some point. Yeah, he's apparently he's he's like one of the guys that everyone talks about. And he had a really good spring too. It's not like it's come out of nowhere. They were talking good about him in the spring, but he's a gigantic dude, uh, has a really good physique, he's athletic, is is all get out. And that's the place that you want tackle. You know, we always know that you can take those tackles, and if you got a better option, bump someone down in to play guard, and whatever you do to get your your five best out there. So yeah, um, I heard the Guyton talk too, and that that's one of those conversations that makes you feel really good. I uh, I still feel a preseason prediction here. This O line is going to be at its absolute best when they are running with tempo. When this offense is going tempo and that defense is gassed and they got their hands on their hips and they're, they've got some tempo and they're flowing, I think that's when this offensive line is going to look real good. My question is when the offense gets bogged down and they're not going tempo and they're not going fast and they don't have that flow, are they able to create some running lanes in the run game? Are they, be, are they going to be able to protect the passer as well as they can when they're going up tempo? Yeah, yeah. I, the up tempo thing is interesting. I think it's going to be a uh, a really 
dangerous weapon for the Sooners. But, and we've heard, I can't remember if it was Venables or who mentioned this, but it can't be a Band-Aid. You know, you have to be able to line up and push people off the football when everyone knows what's about to happen. And then you can, at different times, use that as an accelerant to throw on the fire whenever you go up-tempo, whenever a defense is reeling. You can't you can't accomplish anything like next level or great. You can't win a championship by surprising people by going fast. You're going to have to be able to get a hat on a hat and move people off the football. So um, I do think, though, you're right, that the tempo thing is going to be an extra tool in their chest that they can pull out uh, whenever they need Need something, a spark or something to get that offense going. Uh, text line real quick before we hit a break. Daniel Parker said that Schmitty is giving him nightmares. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, Kendall says, I heard Daniel Parker say on a Twitter space that Schmitty is killing him and he didn't work this hard at Mizzou. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I don't have any doubt about that. You know, Schmitty's been – at OU, his, his last – Tenure at OU, it felt like he was handcuffed a little bit. And he went to A&M, and it sounds like at A&M, they turned him loose and then slowly but surely started to to rein it in a little bit here. And I don't think you're going to get that from Venables. I think Venables trusts him and says, you go do what you need to do with the strength and conditioning. And, you know, there's there's some things that they have to – really tailor fit it to this offense and and this defense to get those guys in shape and ready to play and ready to go tempo whenever they need to. But yeah, man, I uh I'm happy with everything that I've heard has been about what we would expect. So good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. Um, first of all, quick shout-out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the business over there, does an outstanding job, can handle any of your roofing needs. Um, all-star game last night. Pretty sleepy affair, but how about that baseball that Jean uh, Carlos Stanton hit. Jeez. Did you see the picture of the ball flattened on the bat? Yeah, I think everyone saw that on social media. That's crazy, it's incredible man. I've never, I've seen that with the golf ball, and I'm sure it's there's been pictures of it before with the baseball, but that was amazing. Um, I watched the entire thing, hoping for the tie at the end of the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, with the NL, just needed one more run. That's like nine straight. The AL has beaten the NL. Yeah. Jeez. It's crazy that that's uh, that they can't get over the hump. I thought Alabama had a stranglehold on Tennessee, but it's the AL over the NL right now. No doubt about it. Um, I saw this. Um, A&M's 
uh, Anaya Smith, I'm guessing that's the pronunci- pronunciation of his name, wide receiver, captain on last year's team, was supposed to be at SEC Media Days, arrested, DWI, weapon charge, and illegal possession of marijuana. Ouch. Best thing that could have happened to Kirby Smart. He'll be answering questions about this tomorrow and not about his star wide receiver and special teams player. He'll, he'll be answering questions about that instead of the, the Nick Saban drama. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, this isn't much, but Shane Beamer, who has been killing it again, had the great dance and all of that stuff, but he's he's – no surprise talking really, really good stuff about uh, Spencer Rattler and what he expects of him this coming season. Says he's been through the fire before. There's going to be some outside pressure on him, but expects him to be able to handle all of that and has, has been a, a really good presence for them, has been a leader for them, has done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's primed and ready to have a great season. I just – his offensive line, like that is the weak point of South Carolina's football team this year. Totally agree. And in the there's there's a lot of leagues where you don't want to be weak on the offensive line, but it is definitely the SEC, dude. Um, you got to play Arkansas early on. You're going to end up having to play Georgia. You got to play Clemson, who's going to be elite in their front seven this year. I want him to have a good year, but it's just. That's what gives me some some real pause. I, it, it, he's just not a guy that can thrive with poor offensive line play. No, totally agree. That's that's going to be the factor with him. I know. I, I think he's going to do well, and I think he's got a great potential throwing the football. But you're right; they're going to need more than just um, him at quarterback. They're going to have some really good offensive line play if they're going to going to do some things. But hey, they accomplished quite a bit last year with. Um, you know, not the best at either one of those spots, so they're definitely going to be better. Last thing I have, just quickly, I guess the Niners have gone ahead and given the official approval for the Garaputo kid to go out and seek a trade. So, see if that happens. Uh, it doesn't feel like they. I don't know. The thought is they don't. They're not super comfortable with Trey Lance, but you wasted a top five pick on it. Shouldn't say wasted. You used mm-hmm. a top five pick on him. You got to use him, man. I mean, this is the year that you were targeting. You got to use him, but Jimmy G's won a lot of games and he was pretty close to winning a Super Bowl a few years ago. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. This is their window right now to win George Kittle. How many elite years do you get have left Debo Samuel? Mm. How many years? I mean, this is it's now or never for, for the 49ers. And it's all going to depend on Trey Lance. No pressure, kid. Yep. All right. uh, Tom Cruise. Won't you take Mm -hmm. a guess as to how much money he is expected to earn off of the new Top Gun? This is ticket sales. I guess he gets a cut of that salary. uh, He gets a cut from home entertainment rentals. Yeah. And uh, streaming, uh, people streaming it at home. All Smart. of that encompassing, how much do you think he's expected to make off this movie? $35 million. No, I mean, Boom. not even close. $100 million is what he's expected to make. And I got to say, even though he's a weirdo, that movie was so awesome, probably worth every single penny. Man, uh, that's – hey – Whenever you've got them, where they've they've have no choice but to uh, to go with you for a remake, and 
you get your hands in the production and in all of the back end stuff, man. Uh, still, one of the most entertaining movies I've still in a long time. Yeah. It was great. Uh, speaking of Georgia and scheduling, yeah. odd that this was brought up. Kirby Smart, head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes. He doesn't want to play the Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville anymore. He wants to do a home-and-home in Athens and Gainesville instead. Billy Napier, Florida head coach, was asked about it, and he basically said, I I don't know. It's my first year. Can I at least see it in Jacksonville first before I have a hot take? Can can we do that first? I I don't know what people think of that. Would they prefer to go home-and-home? I have no idea. That's for that rivalry I think there's probably there's some benefits to it, some drawbacks to it, but I don't I really I don't even have a say. I have no idea how that thing goes down if it's like they can't even call it what they used to call it, right? The world's largest cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Which god that's so offensive, I guess. Yeah, it really is. Um I don't know. I've got no opinion. I'm sorry I can't offer anything up. Looks like OU's Grant Sherfield has received a waiver from the NCAA and is eligible for the 22-23 season. He is a two-time transfer who previously played for both Nevada and Wichita State. Good player at Nevada last year, poured in a lot of points. John Rothstein says this is significant Big 12 news, so good news today for Porter Moser. Okay, I'll take his word for it. Um God. Did you say it's his sixth year? Uh, is it his sixth year? Or is it? I, I didn't say that it's his oh, sixth year. Okay. It's a, he's a two-time transfer. Oh, that's that was. But the it is up. like okay. they needed someone last year who could go get a bucket, right. and he seems like he's a guy that can go get you a, a, a bucket if if you need to. Nice. Uh, Money Mayweather, boy, he just really knows how to save money. Mm-hmm. I, I guess he bought a new car. And he nice. bought an eighteen thousand dollar car seat for his grandchild. So, <laughs> yeah, everyone needs an eighteen thousand seat or eighteen thousand dollar car seat. As Teddy scratches his head, I just don't understand a car seat for a kid. I mean, I'm sure it's like a baby car seat that the kids can puke all over. Mink fur line car seat for his grandson. What a waste of a nice. Mink, you know, um, that poor mink is going to end up being a, you know, where a kid spills his drink and food and, ah, that what a waste. Yeah, dried up milk is going to look real nice on that, right? I can't believe someone would have the guts to make that. Are you kidding me? I totally would because there's morons like Money Mayweather. Who are going to spend eighteen grand on it? Just say that they spent eighteen grand on a car seat. I totally would do that. I know it just, you know, those people are just laughing all the way to the bank at these at these people. Wow, amazing! Uh, last one, Jim Phillips at the ACC Media Day. He says that the conference is in favor of an expanded playoff. Well, you better. That's the only way you're going to be getting in the fourteen playoff from here on out. Wait, 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 wait. Who said that? Uh, that came out of ACC Media Day today. They're the ones that stopped it from happening at the last vote. Well, hey. Right? I don't know how their opinions changed so quickly, but apparently they have. Unbelievable. Well, there you go. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up our number two next.
Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studio. I uh, I want to read one text specifically and see how you uh, respond to this one. 918, wasn't there a knock on Schmitty last time he was at OU about possibly his workouts contributing to more injuries to whatever techniques he used? Just curious. Yes, there was. Um, I don't. I don't think there was any foundation for it, but I think injuries can can come in bunches. They can you can dodge them. I think there's a lot of obviously luck involved. I mean, if there is some training, um, dangerous training techniques, or some training that avoids a problem area, development of a problem area, I think it can lead to injuries. But I've seen nothing to suggest that. Well, but yes, it was definitely a talking and, point. And people would cite like torn ACLs. It's, I mean, torn ACLs are kind of a freak occurrence. I don't think it has that much to do with your strength yeah. and conditioning. Yeah. Uh, you can get them at any time. You can get them at, what was it? Uh, was it Hazelwood that tore his whenever he was home training? And, um, you know, you just, it's one of those things that are, Guys can fall into you and a at a bad spot. You plant on a on a bad angle, and you know get tackled as you're planting. A bunch of different things can happen. That doesn't doesn't go back to training technique and point the finger at the strength and conditioning coach. But that definitely happened, and I think it happened at a point when uh, OU was had plateaued. And, you know, there was fans were wanting more and trying to figure out what was going on. We, we, you know, wanted, wanted better, wanted more wins, wanted a championship. And he, he, from lack of another area to point the finger, he caught some of the flack, but I just like then, I don't think it's based on, on any credible data. All right. Quick timeout more from the rush coming up. Final hours next.